Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello again, everybody. My name is Mike Petralia. It's episode 235 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. You can find us at www.clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at two locations for your general sports at CLNS Media and for Patriots-centric and NFL-centric news at Patriots CLNS. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS Media. My pleasure to welcome back to the program Patriots beat writer for the Providence Journal, Mark Daniels. Uh, Mark, welcome back. And uh, it's been a uh, busy period for uh, you as um, you had uh, an interesting nugget, I thought, the other day on Twitter that I think caught a lot of people by surprise when uh, Tom Curran was mentioning how uh, Gronk had his doubts about the upcoming season and his apprehension about the upcoming season. Uh, you dropped a little nugget on Twitter saying that the Patriots had approached you uh, trying to discourage you from writing that story that you wrote about Tom, about Rob Gronkowski and the TB12 method. It was a story you wrote uh, in the Providence Journal uh, back on January 20th. Um, did that whole uh, last 48 hours kind of catch you by surprise? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You can you can say that again, man. I didn't expect to create such a, a firestorm that would ultimately lead me on, you know, Touch Run Rich or, you know, NBC Boston, you know, the Arbella Early Edition last night, or, you know, I was on EEI a couple minutes ago. It's, um, it, it was it was kind of surprising, honestly. I thought the bigger news there was just what Tom Curran was reporting that you know Gronk was thinking about retiring since last August, which caught me by surprise. But then that you know the Pats weren't overly thrilled with him working with Alex Guerrero, and instantly it sort of made me flash back to January because for weeks in January during the playoffs, I was I kept approaching Gronk about the story that I wanted to write, just you know kind of talking to him off the record about ways I could go about doing it. Was he okay with me talking about it? You know, and just trying to reiterate over and over again, this is what I want to do. And right. it's cool. And finally, like, you know, he's like, I really want to do it. And I'm like, awesome, man. So I brought it to the Pats PR in person and they seemed cool about it. And then I sent, you know, this. but this hinged on one thing. And it was the Pats uh, winning and going to the AFC championship game. Cause I wanted this to be my, uh, basically my AFC championship game, you know, Story, you know, that's sure. Sunday. And when I sent him the email to request him, just got to, you know, have them help me set up something one on one. Got back to me just basically saying the request was denied because it was the Patriots and policy. The players couldn't talk about training to their diets. I was pretty shocked because, you know, I've been writing about the for seven years on the beat for four. I've never heard of that. And I've, I've talked to trainers and I've talked to players about their workout habits and their diets. And that's never been an issue before. Is that? Caught me kind of by surprise, so I thought maybe the story would be over, you know. And I wasn't sure what to do, but I, I started calling different sources and trying to get this stuff done. Finally, I think it was Wednesday. I approached Gronk in the locker room, I'm like, 
don't want me to write this. Um, are you still down to do it? And he's like, yeah, I want to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's, let's, let's roll, man. And, you know, we got it done. It was just it was interesting, you know, how, you know, they told me the interview couldn't happen. Gronk knew the interview, didn't want the interview to happen, and he still did it. I thought that was just sort of noteworthy, you know, in, in regards to the Pats not wanting him to try in a certain way. Well, I think it's very telling, Mark, because I, he wants his voice and he wants the voice of uh, the story that, you know, what uh, TB12 is doing for him is helping his body. And I think that's a big deal to him. Look, I mean, I think a lot of people... Uh, feel that Rob Gronkowski is, you know, this robot who will just do as he is programmed, and I am Gronk87. You know, and that's not the way Gronk is deep down. And I think people, you know, when when the, this kind of story breaks, it gives a little uh, view, a little peek, if you will, behind the curtain down at Gillette Stadium. And look, I mean, you and me both know we've been around there long enough um, those kind of peaks make some people feel very uncomfortable. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, say that again. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, right, Mark? I mean, the only reason right. that that this is a story to me, uh, the the you know the denial of access to a certain player to talk about a certain subject is that it, it sort of gives a peek uh, inside the walls, if you will, um, and behind some of the secrets of the Patriot way. And, you know, the Patriots have guarded that with their lives and they just don't want people, you know, getting a glimpse of that. And then if they get a glimpse, Mark, certain, um, interpretations or uh, certain observations may or may not be accurate. And, and frankly, I can understand the Patriots uh, because they protect it, you know, like, you know, a state secret or like a government secret. Right. I can understand that, that uh, I guess I'll call it paranoia for lack of a better word, but it, it still, it doesn't come off well. And it makes Gronk look like he's trying to hide something. Yeah, you know, this this was an interesting year covering the team. I just I felt something was off, you know, with a lot of the players in the locker room this year, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And they just didn't seem as engaging or willing to talk to the media. I, I thought we had way more bad locker rooms than we had good. And and then you know throughout the season, I got to that a couple times by the Patriots for stories I wanted to write. And it was just weird stuff. Like like I I wasn't allowed to talk to Dietrich Wise's father. And I wasn't allowed to talk to any relative related to stuff on Gilmore and just weird things going on. I'm like, man, this stuff's never happened to me in the past. And, you know, no, we're going with these guys anymore. They're not going to step off into his toes. So those stories basically got shut down. Then you get Gronk. And Gronk likes working with Alex Guerrero. He likes doing the TV 12 diet because at the end of the day, this is a guy who's not there. He's had three back surgeries and he wants to be healthier. He doesn't want to be in pain. So that's why he made all those changes. And he liked the changes. He honestly liked the way he felt last year, even though the football season is a grind. I think at the end of the day, yeah, he, he wanted to talk about that stuff because it's kind of helping him, right? And if I'm the Patriots, right. man, I don't, I don't, you know, why, why do you, don't, don't poke Gronk or Tom Brady because these are two of your best players. I mean, you lose Rob Gronkowski, you have such a giant hole you need to fill. It, it, it's going to be really difficult on that offense without him. So I just, I don't see why to even have the fuss or who he's playing with or anything like along those lines. Well, it's funny. Uh, you must have uh, my notes in front of you, uh, Mark, because that kind of uh, segues and transitions into my next subject. 
they still have to have a replacement in waiting for Rob Gronkowski, whether or not he comes back. And I know a lot of people uh, were thinking that maybe the Patriots would have to, you know, do something on the fly um, if he were to retire. But I think they frankly have to get Rob Gronkowski's replacement uh, in waiting uh, as much as they do Tom Brady's. Look, uh, Jacob Hollister, great story, but he's a pass-catching tight end, right? I mean, and that's what we saw this year uh, from him. Uh, Dwayne Allen is specifically a blocking tight end. He's not uh, a pass-catcher. And they need, in trying to find the replacement for Rob Gronkowski, that's going to be quite the tall task. In some ways, Mark, because it's such a unique position and he filled it in such a unique way, it's going to be harder to find uh, a tight end like Rob Gronkowski than it is perhaps a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you agree with that? You know, 100%. Honestly, you might never find an adequate replacement for Rob Gronkowski. You might be looking at someone more like what Martellus Bennett gave you in 2016, a tight end who comes in and gets 700 yards and you know six to ten touchdowns. If you can find that when Gronk's gone, I think that's a positive because Gronk's just a different beast. He's one of the best targets in the NFL regardless of position. You know, it's sort of like adequately replace Rob Gronkowski. You're talking like you know Odell, Odell Beckham territory, that you know DeAndre Hopkins, those type of just phenomenal players who are in their prime who are almost uncoverable, and it's just. It's so unheard of these days, you know. I mean, you know, the Travis Kelseys of the world. There's not many guys like that, you know what I mean? So, like, right. like hypothetically, Gronk retires. You almost, you could have passed. You almost want to try to bring Martellus Bennett back just to have a backup because I don't think Wayne Allen will give you anything. But I agree. I almost wonder, you know, if they start to put their toes into, you know, the tight end market and just with the draft. I mean, there was a period, you know, back in the day when they would draft, you know, Ben Watson and Daniel Graham. And, I felt like every other year they were drafting a tight end in the first three rounds. But maybe they get back to that. Maybe you try to draft someone a little earlier than you would have in the past when they, you know, took like AJ Derby in the fifth round. But it's definitely not a bad idea. Well, I mean, okay, let's look at the the number. I, I think consensus number one tight end. I mean, you know, in talking with Mike Mayock on that conference call uh, the other day, you know, previewing uh, the NFL Combine and, of course, the draft uh, April 26th through the 28th in Dallas, the one name that he keeps bringing up is Hayden Hurst out of South Carolina. He falls to 31. They take him? I mean, if, if, he, if he's there at 31, you certainly have to consider it. And Rob Gronkowski also, he really does come back. He's two years left in his contract, and there's certainly no guarantee he comes back. You get a young kid in there, a first round pick, you have him under control for five years, have right. him learn behind Rob Gronkowski for two years, and then, you know, you can let Gronk go when he's 30 and have this kid if he's if he legit, and then that would certainly be a solid plan. All right. You know, um, enough Gronk talk. Uh, I think I'm a little Gronked out. I mean, we can always talk <laughs> Gronk uh, anytime we like. He's always going to be a story, but we have to move on to Tom Brady. And you know, his replacement in Jimmy Garoppolo, the Jimmy Garoppolo replacement, technically speaking. And uh, obviously when uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, left, it left a huge void. Um, you know, nobody thinks in their wildest dreams that Brian Hoyer is the future at quarterback behind Tom Brady and obvious for obvious reason. I thought it was interesting that Kyle Shanahan uh, thanked the Patriots for giving uh, – <laughs> out at the Combine in Indianapolis. Thank the Patriots for giving them uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Did you see that? What did you think of that? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, that's that's pretty telling. It, it sounds to me like the 49ers are pretty surprised that 
not only could they get him, but they could get him for a second round pick. And at the end of the day, just seeing how that trade worked out, it doesn't look like it's in the Pat's favor. But frankly, there were many trades that Pat did last year that went in their favor. And I'm talking more like the Cassius Marsh, Cody Ely's, um, Dwayne Allen stuff. It just, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a great year for, for Kiefer's trades. But everything was interesting. I mean, you looked so good those last five games of the 49ers. I mean, my first thought is, how did you not get like, a future first-round pick or like multiple draft picks for him? Right? Even if it was like a stand for it, I would have felt better. And instead, you know, he signs the biggest deal in NFL history. <laughs> He's he looks like a future Pro Bowler, and you have Brady's successor there. And you know, unfortunately for the Patriots, Tom Brady, 40 years old, is still the MVP, so that plan kind of blew up. But it's kind of funny when you think of the timeline because it actually almost worked out perfectly for the Pats. They developed their own quarterback when their starter turned 40. If this is any other quarterback we're talking about or any other team. Right. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's here in New England, except Tom Brady's a freak of nature. So you, know, you kind of have to roll the dice when the guy is still that good. But, yeah, a funny comment by him, and it, it's really going to be um, fascinating to watch Jimmy G develop over the years. All right. Um, obviously, Josh Rosen of UCLA, Sam Darnold, who's, who could go number one overall to Cleveland. There's a lot of uh, people out in Indianapolis that feel that Darnold will go to the Cleveland Browns number one overall. Uh, Baker Mayfield might be there, uh, but I don't think Josh Allen will be there either. But there are some fascinating names when you take a look a little bit deeper. Uh, if the Patriots want to go second, third, fourth round, um, Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State. Lamar Jackson, maybe uh, he falls to the second round. Logan Woodside out of uh, Toledo. Kyle Walletta, Richmond. Um, Mike White out of Western Kentucky. Of those names, which stick out to you and, and why? <laughs> um, I think the one that stuck out to me in most Patriots fans and writers was um, Kyle Walletta of Richmond, just because of his, his family history. I believe it was his father was a quarterback for Navy and his uncle was like the Navy punter, something like that. And both of those, both his father and uncle, they played for the Navy football team that had Bill Belichick's father, Steve Belichick, on the staff as, I think, a scout or like an assistant. That that connection just instantly jumped out at me. I know he performed really well at the Senior Bowl and people are comparing him to the Apple already. And top it off, he has a lacrosse background. I think another one of his uncles played like college lacrosse, was a big time lacrosse player. So, so many connections with that guy. You know, one double A quarterback, comparisons to Jimmy G, family in the Navy, lacrosse. I'm like, oh my God, bells are just going off in my head with him, which is pretty funny. And, and the, the other guy you, you mentioned, um, Mason Rudolph in Washington State, both of them interesting because they're projected to go around so what, two to four. And if the Pats don't select a quarterback in round one, I almost think they, you know, if someone's there at rounds two to four, do it again. That's where you got Jimmy. You got Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the second round in right. 2000. It was 14, and it would make sense. Luke Falk's interesting just because of the Brady stuff. He sort of tried to patent his throwing motion and mechanics after Tom Brady. And I guess the best thing about this kid is from Washington State is that he's really accurate and the Washington State program was kind of focused on more like short intermediate passes, but I hear that and I kind of think pass. And then you know, the guy Mason Rudolph, not too long though, I, I felt like some people were wondering if he was like a first round pick. So you now he's like six for five, big kid from Oklahoma State. A good thing, another good thing for the Pats is this seems like a really deep draft class. So who knows who drops there when you know the Pats are picking at the end of the first the first round or there in the beginning of the second when they have that 49ers pick. You know, like you said, Lamar Jackson. Is that someone who would interest him? I mean, that would be pretty surprising to me because he looks, you know, more like that 
no athletic quarterback that they typically don't see in New England, not since the days of Michael Bishop. But, you know, you see guys like Deshaun Watson, and he said, ah, having Deshaun Watson as your back, it wouldn't be too bad. So, you know, maybe, you know, it, it could be very, very interesting. I think it'd be fascinating. Uh, obviously, Luke Falk would be uh, out of Washington State would be so ironic and, and, and yet appropriate uh, because Tom Brady <laughs> took over for a Washington State product and to see a Washington yeah. State product, um, you know, perhaps uh, uh, succeed him uh, with the Patriots. That would be very, uh, a very appropriate bookend. We're speaking with Mark Daniels, uh, excellent, outstanding uh, Patriots beat writer and NFL beat writer for the Providence Journal. I want to tell you about my newest time-saving trick. I got my daughter's contact lens prescription renewed from my couch just a couple of weeks ago in under five minutes using an awesome new app called Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts lets you renew your prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from anywhere in minutes through an online vision test. It's designed by doctors, and every test is reviewed by a doctor, so they're literally bringing the doctor's office right to your home. The contact lens prices are unbeatable. The vision test, only $20, and shipping is free. Best of all, my listeners get $30 off their first Simple Contacts order with my promo code TRAGS. Try it for yourself and save $30 on your lenses by going to simplecontacts.com slash TRAGS, T-R-A-G-S, or entering the code TRAGS at checkout. Again, that's simplecontacts.com slash TRAGS, or enter my code T-R-A-G-S at checkout. Speaking again with Mark Daniels of the uh, Providence Journal here on Patriots Beat, episode 235. All right, we've talked about Tom, uh, Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady. With the March 12th legal tampering day approaching and the March 14th uh, straight deadline for free agency set to begin, Patriots have a number of key decisions to make, Mark. Let's start first with a fascinating name because I think the market is getting hotter and hotter. I know Jeff Howe referred to this on Twitter uh, earlier on Wednesday. Danny Amendola, what's his market and can the Patriots, uh, should the Patriots make the effort to keep him no matter what? I think they should. And, you know, according to Jeff, it, it seems like he's going to be in that three to $5 million range, which is great for him because he's taken these pay cuts year after year, year after, after year. year. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's seriously been making between like, you know, one and a half and two million a year, somewhere around then when, you know, originally his, his original contract with the Pats called for like seven million a year. So he, he just took some massive pay cuts over the year to stick around in Foxborough and produce when the Pats needed it the most. I mean, in the Super Bowl, in that loss to the Eagles, Danny Mandela caught eight passes for 152 yards. And I was thinking about this the other day. The Pats win that game. I mean, Amendola's, like legendary status just goes through the roof because he's so good in the playoffs. He's always good in every single Super Bowl. It brought me back to 2014 where his playoff production essentially, you know, did his regular season production. He's just so good. He's a really, really good slot receiver. And if there's one thing, the Pats really don't have another pure slot receiver like that on the team. They have other guys who are kind of, you know, hybrid type receivers who do a little of everything. So if I'm Patriots, I try to bring him back. I don't think he's going to have a one-year contract. I mean, a, a multi-year deal. We're talking one or two years just because he's, what, he's like 33 years old. But if, not, if you can get him on the low end of that, like $3 million, just do it because I think he's really important to this offense. And if you, if you don't and you lose out 
you say you lose up someone else, you take five million to go play with Jimmy Garoppolo in, in San Fran. All of a sudden, you know, you look at that depth chart and it's all right. Edelman, two years left in his deal, coming off an ACL injury. Michael Mitchell didn't play last year, two years left in his deal. Then Chris Hogan and Brandon Cooks both have one year left in their deal. So you don't really have a lot of like long-term stability. You have question marks in terms of health. So all of a sudden, receiver becomes a need. You know, so you go free agency, you go in the draft. It would just create sort of another hole to fill. Well, and I think the thing to understand here is Danny Amendola is super tight with Tom Brady. I mean, people rightly um, hype the relationship between Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. But for what Danny Amendola has produced, especially in the clutch moments, um, obviously in the playoffs, um, I think that is worth gold to uh, Tom Brady. And certainly Rob Gronkowski is at one level in terms of significance to Tom Brady in the offense Danny Amendola is pretty up there, pretty close up there with Edelman and Gronkowski, in my estimation. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the type of chemistry that it takes a while to build. And so last year, Tom, you know, Brady had some, it had some tough moments in the second half of the season. And I was really trying to figure out if he was like hurt, is this shoulder, the Achilles, what's going on with Tom? And one source basically told me to like just like look at the targets he's thrown to. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, so all of a sudden. Hogan barely played in the second half. He played one game, didn't catch pass. Edelman didn't play. Malcolm Mitchell didn't play. So really, it, you're talking like all these new guys. Brandon Cooks was new. Uh, Philip Dorsett was new. You know, the, the time position drastically changed. Dwayne Allen wasn't on the same page. So all of a sudden, you saw Brady sort of struggle when you had just a lot of new weapons. So if you bring a new slot receiver, I would be really surprised, you know, if it didn't take some time. And I just think, you know, it's third down and two. Who does he go to? He looks for those guys over the middle. So there's no Danny. All of a sudden, you're focusing more on Julian Edelman. Is that a good thing when you're 32 coming off a knee injury? Probably not. Malcolm Butler's gone. I don't think there's uh, any dispute about <laughs> that, right? I mean, that's that's no. indisputable. He is out. So um, a lot of speculation as to whether or not uh, the Patriots make a run in the trade market. For Richard Sherman, or even somebody like an Akeem Talib, or do they go uh, through the draft? Uh, what's your feeling on how they fill the void of Malcolm Butler? Yeah, that's a really good question because there's a part of me that believes the Patriots would be okay next year starting Eric Rowe, Stephon Gilmore, and Jonathan Jones in the slot. That that being said, if you can get Akeem Talib or Richard Sherman on a lesser field than what they're at now. I think it's it's definitely worthwhile. I mean, we saw last year Eric Rowe was actually the third cornerback to start the season. So if he could be the third cornerback again, and you have Richard Sherman in there, I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, that was a big keep to the fan. You remember that guy was hilarious in the locker room. He was he awesome. A lot of fun. So I mean, you know, if the money's right, I would say definitely go for it. But if the money's not right, you know, try try to actually draft a cornerback and develop them. This has been really tough for the past to do. I mean, Cyrus Jones does look like, you know, he's going to be anything. In it. And, and I, I understand he's coming off an injury, but you know what, I'll be I'll be real. I, I haven't seen much in Cyrus Jones, even when he was healthy, in terms of his cornerback skills. And you know, all the way down the line, of all the cornerbacks I've drafted in, in the past, it's just these Jonathan Wilhite type characters. It just didn't pan out. So, Rabbi Dowling, can I actually draft a, a cornerback who will be a one or two? That, that would certainly be worthwhile because of money you pay. So, I, you know, I'd be down for that. It's, it's interesting to me, though, because I think they have so many other needs. You know, what happens with Nate Solder and all their tackles? I mean, 
If they don't get those guys, maybe that's a priority. The front seven more of a priority. And they only have six draft picks, so you know you can only draft so many players. But the cornerback position, it would certainly be fascinating. But I, I'd be down for a veteran if it's cheap. Well, I, I would love to see Richard Sherman in that backfield uh, with yeah. – uh, um, obviously Stefan Gilmore and having Eric Rowe at the three. You uh, Look, I mean, one of the things is you, you can't uh, underestimate the loss of Jonathan Jones. And I thought, you know, he was one of the quiet storylines that, you know, we on the beat, we paid attention to when he was out and that they, they didn't have him at the end of the season and it got exposed in the Super Bowl. People forget about that, but that was a big, big loss, it turned out, right? Yeah, you know, it would have been interesting, too, if, if he was healthy. I honestly wonder if Malcolm Baller would have been active, which would have been another crazy storyline. Why was Malcolm Baller inactive? But, yeah, I mean, he, I thought he did a, a really good job in the slot. He's really competitive. I mean, he's undersized, but he's a super good athlete. A lot of people don't know notice about him, but he was like a, a national champion in high hurdle in high school. He's like, you know, one of, one of the best track athletes in high school, and coaches thought he was going to be an Olympian. Instead, you know, he's an undrafted free agent, and he has kind of a cool background. He was at Auburn. He was projected fourth-round pick, but he broke his foot. I believe he, like, slipped in the rain, like, on stairs, and it was, like, a freak accident. So he went undrafted, and I know that Bill Belichick made him priority undrafted free agent, so the Pats like him. So if he's healthy next year, I think he's still in the top ten. Okay, we're going to finish up here. Yes or no, whether or not they return to New England as a free agent. And I know you already touched on one. Nate Solder. I'm going to say yes. It's going to be expensive, though. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, get, you know the obvious other circumstances regarding his uh, son, Hudson, and the care here. I, I just think that the two sides find a way to make it work out, and, and Solder is beloved in that locker He really is beloved in that locker room, and I know you know that. Um, I, I yeah. think he comes back as well. Uh, Dion Lewis. No, 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 no. You know, the, the Deion Lewis situation is a, is a tricky one. A lot of different layers and chapters that um, I don't think it happens at all. I, you know, prior to the combine, I just, I know the Pats never reached out to him about a deal at all. I mean, you look what they did last year. They paid Rex Burkhead more money, Mike Gillespie more money. They extended James White early, gave him more money. The, the first four weeks of the season, they had Deion Lewis as the number four running back in the depth chart. I think, honestly, that was one of the worst coaching decisions of the season, of the regular season. I mean, he was by far the best running back. I just think all of that for a player, you know, if it's, if it's me, I feel disrespected. I want to go elsewhere. You know, if I'm, if I'm Dion, I just I want to make more money because I have an injury history. And I think he sort of recognizes that this is his time to catch him. He's coming off his best season. And he wants to go somewhere where he's valued, as he said on that Adam Schefter podcast. I just don't see the Patriots. You know, overpaying for him, or just even beating the competition for him in, in terms of dollars. I do not either. I agree with you there. And finally, Rex Burkhead. I would say yes. Yeah, I know uh, Duck had had a report that his market's sort of heating up, but I, I think Bill Belichick really likes him. I think the coaching staff really likes him. The fact that he only played ten games last year with two separate injuries and knee and wrist, I feel like that actually plays in the Patriots' favor. Like I, I feel like he won't get as much money had he been healthy for a full sixteen-game season. And I know the Pats like his versatility. He can catch the ball at the backfield. He's a strong runner, averages over four yards carry. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised next year if, you know, Rex Burkett, you know, starts the season as their men back and 
James White, this is the third down guy. That wouldn't surprise me. All right. We have been speaking with Mark Daniels of the Providence Journal. Mark, how can people follow you on Twitter? They can check me out, Mark Daniels, CJ. And obviously check out your outstanding stories, including the one from January 20th on Rob Gronkowski. You have to definitely um, check that story out. The title of the story, uh, the TB12 method pays off for Rob Gronkowski this season. It really um, opened some eyes back on January 20th. And again, reminding everybody that it was a very complicated situation uh, between the Patriots, uh, the TB12 Sports and Gronk himself this year. It's a fascinating story. Definitely need to check it out at ProvidenceJournal.com. Stay with CLNS all day on game days in the fall, starting with CLNS Media New England Patriots pregame show with Alex Barth a half hour before every game. Then catch the postgame show with Marvin Izon and Mike Molino live after every single game on clnsmedia.com. Be sure to check out our new website at clnsmedia.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on both iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube now. Also get daily team updates on the Patriots Newsfeed podcast, which is also available on the CLNS Media New England Patriots post-game show feed available again on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and the CLNS Media Mobile app. Thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. Want to once again thank our terrific guest from the Providence Journal, Mark Daniels. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Daniels PJ. You can also give us a follow at CLNS Patriots and at CLNS Media. Of course, give my own personal account a follow, please, at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Today's sponsor was Simple Contacts. For Patriots content manager Mike Alonji, CLNS media executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network Nick Gelso, thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Mike Petralia, and this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio immediately after every single pass game, call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere.